0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to this week's uh, NFL-centric episode of the Sports Break Podcast. My name is Jackson King. And I'm Kyle Grodden. And we're going to kind of do like what we did last week with the college football, go through all 32 NFL teams, uh, talk about who we project to uh, be the Super Bowl contenders, and on the flip side, who we uh, project to be contenders for the number one overall pick, because, you know, there are some good teams and going to be some bad teams, and I'm sure... No one wants to be the bad team until they are really bad.
1: There's going to be plenty of bad teams. So, yeah. So, once again, this is the Sports Break podcast. Not going to have too many hot takes on this episode, although I might throw a few out there this time around. Um, I feel like this is
0: going to be nothing but hot takes. Last week, I think with college football, we were kind of okay with because I think everyone kind of knows the powerhouses in college football. But like well, college
1: football, there's seven teams every year. That's yeah, it.
0: Yeah, But like with 32 NFL teams, all of which are very similar talent wise, obviously there are some that are way better, but like the talent level at the NFL is so similar, you know, I think we're definitely going to have some hot takes in this one.
1: Yeah, for sure. But, you know, we, we try to stray away from too many like clickbait media sort of stuff, but we, you know, just more of a casual conversation sports knowledge wise.
0: Yeah, you you can be rest assured that when we say something, we either actually believe it or we're just saying something to purposefully make the other person mad because we know it's going to be funny. Usually the latter. Usually the <laughs> latter. Uh, where would you like to start off? Do you want to start
1: off with the top teams, the bottom teams? the? I guess we'll start optimistic. So I guess, you know, it, it is an interesting season because I would say I would have to go back and look at like years past but i would say more so than usual there looks to be a lot of contenders this season uh i feel like there's nine teams i could see realistically see realistically win the super bowl and i'll just name those off right off the bat i have nine teams so it's the cleveland browns the buffalo bills the kansas city chiefs the tennessee titans uh the Baltimore Ravens, that's five. And then on the NFC side, you have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Los Angeles Rams, the Green Bay Packers, and the San Francisco 49ers. I could see all those teams winning the Super Bowl realistically. Obviously, only one can do it, so that's one thing. And then, you know, like I said, I see nine contenders, really. And then that doesn't even include the Seahawks, who – you know, people are going to be higher on than I think I am. I think I'm just a little down on them this year, but they they won 12 games and they still have Russell Wilson. So that's also going to be a very good team. A lot of different teams to choose from this season. I think I divide my contenders into one of two
0: camps into like legitimate Super Bowl, which is five for me. Uh, the four teams that obviously played the conference championships in Kansas city, Buffalo, uh, Tampa Bay and green Bay. And then also throw Cleveland in there. Cause I think they were a team kind of on the rise last year almost beat Kansas City in the uh in the or the divisional round and then kind of and got a lot better in the uh, offseason. Um I'll then also say five like semi contenders which is they kind of need a thing to break their way or you know have to be really good on injury prone but you know I, I think you can throw in like I think you can throw in the um the, 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 both the 49ers and the Rams, I think both are semi contenders. I think you've got to throw in the uh, Baltimore Ravens, the Tennessee Titans, and the, you see, I was going to put the Colts. I was going to put the Colts in my semi contenders, but the Wentz injury really irks me there I guess I'll agree with you with Seahawks. My one issue with the Seahawks is, and I, and I think you've said it there. We we said this a lot last year. They were a team that plays two sides of the ball really well at separate times, but it felt like, and this has really been their thing since the dynasty era, since that 2012 to 2014 team, they've never gotten back to that point where they can play both sides of the ball well at the same time, at least consistently. And I think if they can do that, then they may propel themselves to the two or three best, second or third best team in, if not their conference, the entire league. But that's always been their big hiccup. And I don't know if that's just a coaching thing outside of Carroll or specifically with how their team is constructed. But, yeah, there's something about the the Seattle Seahawks that they're this, like, great team that just never clicks fully.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's such an interesting thing because they they started off like crazy on offense to start the year last year. The offense didn't just cool down. It went to an, almost a complete stop. Um, and then the defense really came on in the second half of the year while after looking like maybe one of the three or four worst defenses in football the first half of the year. The defense was awesome by the end of the season. So you have those two sides of the coin. Now can you blend the, the defense from the second half of the year with the offense from the first half of the year, they went and got an offensive coordinator at the Los Angeles Rams system. They want to go more Ram centered offense, which is probably a good thing because uh, I mean, it's just more space for those receivers to, work and get open and, you know, they might have the best wide receiver duo in football. Uh, Chris Carson, I think, is a good running back. So there's pieces there. I don't think the offensive line's as bad as Russell Wilson says, because I think a lot of Russell Wilson's sack issues is Russell Wilson's fault. Anyway. um, So, you know, I think that this is a really good offense and has the potential to be a great offense. I think the one thing I'm just worried about with the Seahawks is there's just a level of staleness to this team. I feel like overall, and like the moves they made to like try and get better. I didn't really necessarily get, they didn't really address the cornerback Shaquille Griffin leaving. They didn't replace Quentin Dunbar. They're basically, you know, Pete Carroll for like the first time in his coaching career last year decided to blitz basically like crazy. Cause he had no pass rusher and Jamal Adams turned into their best pass rusher. But if you're going to blitz your safety all the time and get a bunch of sacks, you need to have people who can cover And It doesn't look like they have guys who can cover. So I don't know if this defense is going to get better. Plus, You know, they're basically just saying Jordan Brooks is going to be the stud and he's going to replace KJ Wright. KJ Wright's like one of the best six Seahawks of all time. That's not necessarily something that Jordan Brooks, I think, is just going to be ready to go in and do. Uh, So I have some concerns with this defense and I have some concerns, even though he's shown now, last season was the first time Carroll shown that he's willing to change a little bit. I don't know if he's going to be willing to change enough for this team that I feel like needs a bit of a change. And that's why I'm kind of out on the Seahawks fully, but... I still see Russell Wilson there as an MVP candidate with great receivers.
0: And they're also having the issue of, and and I feel like a lot of uh teams throughout the league could have it this year, especially coming off of the COVID year where they're just the odd man out in their division. Yeah. Like you talk about the, that division in the AFC North in particular, where it's, you know, the Seahawks, uh, the 49ers who are coming a year removed from a Super Bowl appearance and maybe had the worst injury luck last year and looked to be better. And then if, you know, depending on what happens with the Garoppolo tree Lance thing could be just as good, if not better than two years ago, when they made it to the super bowl, uh, LA, you know, really good team last year, uh, had the best defense in the entire league. I think if not statistically, at least from like by the end of the season, they did. And then, Uh, obviously getting Matthew Stafford puts them into another conversation about how elite they are today. We got the news that they are getting, uh, Sony Michelle from the Patriots, which should do a lot to their, like adding to their run game. Um, and then the Cardinals are a team that had a very dynamic offense last year in the first year with Deandre Hopkins there. And I think got better on defensive. Now, I don't know how much better they got as a team, but they at least improved a good amount to the point that, you know, I, I think last year a lot of people were talking about like any of these four teams could be good. And I think the same thing this year, like I would not be surprised if Seattle is the fourth best team in this division, just because of how things break.
1: Yeah. I, and I still think the Cardinals can be good. I'm not a big cliff Kingsbury fan. Um, I've never really been a cliff big cliff Kingsbury guy anyway, but I mean, So I'm not a big fan of his, but at the same time, you look at the talent on this team, you know, they boosted the offensive line and got Rodney Hudson. They have DeAndre Hopkins is obviously a fantastic wide receiver. They have, if Chandler Jones stays, I know he requested the trade, but it seems like they're trying to keep him. Him and J.J. Watt's a pretty dynamic combination. And I don't know, like, I don't think Mountain Come Butler, there's really much left to him right now. But it's an upgrade over what Patrick Peterson was last. So I think Cardinals can be better. Uh, I think, though, like just circling back, I do think there are some challenges for the Seahawks, which is why I'm down on them. Um, I think going off of your list, though, with the five major contenders, I would add the Rams to that. I think the Rams are certainly like a major contender in the NFL for the Super Bowl because they had the best defense in the NFL last year. I know they lost their defensive coordinator, but they got Raheem Morris, who was one of the best defensive coaches of the last decade, and turned around that Atlanta team last year that looked like a train wreck. Uh, So they get back all of their defensive pieces with Raheem Morris. And then Sean McVay, who, you know, by a lot of accounts is one of the best offensive minds in football, who has basically been doing this with Jared Goff all this time. Gets a top 10 quarterback in the NFL on his team to work with this offense. I think this is going to be an electric team. They fixed the running back issue in the offseason here with Michelle Trade, who, I mean, he kind of is what he is at this point, but at the very least, Sony Michelle's a top 25 running back in the league. You can use him, he's serviceable.
0: I've never gotten where this like downfall has come from because he obviously has a pretty good for, for, uh, rookie year, you know, helping the Patriots. Win the Super Bowl. And then he is an okay second year,
1: right? I think that's the problem is that I think the issue with New England, especially when he was the first round pick the year that they passed on Lamar Jackson, is that Sonny Michel was just okay the last few years. And then the other stuff is that he had injury issues in college or a major knee injury in college. He's had injury issues in the NFL. He looks a little less explosive than he did as a rookie, but I honestly just think the biggest issue with Michelle has been he's just looked okay as a first-round pick. He hasn't looked like the home run player that he could be, um, or at least it looked like he had flashes of in uh, New England. His teammate Nick Chubb at Georgia is one of the best running backs in the NFL, was drafted after him. so I think Yeah, but you can't he, blame him on that. You no, can't... it's just – I think that's the thing, though, is that it's he he was fall he fell basically to circumstances because I just think that the circumstances around him with the first round pick with this teammate being really good at Georgia and all that kind of stuff I think that's just kind of piled on and why New England fans are kind of over it, and he's just been okay and that's the thing. So and you know the thing is is that this works out for New England because getting a fourth round pick for Michelle I think is good value, and New England still has. Damien Harris, who was like a pro football focused darling last season, they loved him when he played JJ Taylor looks like a, a five foot six stud James white, still one of the best receiving backs in the league. And then Ramondre Stevenson who they drafted looks like the second coming of Marshawn Lynch out there in preseason, you know, all of these players in the backfield at that point, You know, Michelle's almost expendable at that point. So it made sense. He was, and we'll get to the
0: Patriots in a second, because they're they're, they're one of the more interesting teams, I think, this season, just because of where they are as a team. But going back to L.A., I think my big issue with this team is I just don't know how they're going to play under Stafford. You know, I think Stafford obviously is a very talented player, but I think there's a big difference between a talented player and a top player and especially at the quarterback position, you know, I don't know how much Goff was limited because of Goff or because of, you know, some struggles. Cause he had some really good moments in in LA. Again, I'm not saying either way that this is a, a team that's going to be bad. I just, I don't think I can put them into that top. The read, really it's a top four, but Cleveland has so much intrigue to them, you know, coming back from last year, Second year under Stefanski, uh, made some really smart moves in the offseason. Nothing that I think you look back and you say that makes them the best team in the league, but they're still growing. And as you mentioned, they have returning Odell Beckham Jr. back. And uh, with all the pieces they get, that's a team that has a chance to become really special this year. Or could be, you know, the same Browns we saw a couple years ago where they went seven and eight.
1: Um I think they have the best roster in the league. I think the GM for the Bronze, I keep forgetting his name. Andrew Barry. Is it Barry? Okay.
0: Dorsey Dorsey was I don't know if it was fired or let go a couple years ago, but yeah, Dorsey Dorsey was let go right before I think the Stefansky the new regime.
1: Okay. Well, yeah, I mean I think they have the best roster in the league. I think they've done a great job. I mean, the it's just I think that should be just the benchmark of how to rebuild in the NFL. Now they did such a good job with retooling that roster. Um, they basically each of these last two years, the, the kitchen's year obviously was a train wreck, but then they realized, Hey, we got a major problem on the offensive line, despite all these skill guys we added. So they went and got the best offensive line in the NFL last year. Uh, they realized after this last year that we can't win football games in the playoffs with the bad secondary. So they went and got two of the best players on what was the best or two of the good two good players on last year in the Rams. They got two players off of them in free agency. Who's the second got, one? Uh Troy Hill is their slot corner now.
0: Oh, okay, okay.
1: Uh so they got him and Johnson. Uh and then, you know, just for added measure, just in case, because they they the I think another issue was that they could have used someone alongside Miles Garrett. And while I'm not really high on Jadavian Clowney, if he gets something that's better than what they had. And that's a little, you know, that's a little extra juice to that defense too. So he's an interesting case just because
0: even if you consider the Houston years, I think everyone kind of says that he's fallen down ever since he got traded from Houston. Even if you look at Houston, it's definitely not been what you expect out of Jadavion Clowney coming out of the draft. Um, But he still has all the potential in the world to be the world-class athlete. I never was a huge fan of the Sheldon Richardson thing that they did last year. Uh, never really made sense. I just never thought that the pass rushing DT was what you wanted. Uh, Olivier Vernon was surprisingly good, despite I think not being a great pairing alongside, uh, Garrett. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you can put someone decent alongside Garrett, like you, you have the potential to do what, The Bucs have right now with uh, JPP and uh, Shaq Barrett. If you're the Browns, if you can get your linebackers together, I know that's right now their big thing is linebacking core, especially depth issues is there been their big struggle. If you can get that settled, then your defense has the potential to be just as good as the Rams, which conversely with how good your offense has been could put you into contention immediately.
1: Yeah. Uh, And, you know, I think the good news is, I mean, not that you want to have any weak spot in your defense, but I think if there's one weak spot you can get away with on defense, it's the linebacker core, especially if you have a good secondary and a good defensive line. Um, yeah. So I, th- I mean, it's it's well, it's well, funny because you
0: see, like, I've seen just as many teams in the last, like, five years make the Super Bowl with bad linebacking cores, as in, like, as the teams that have good linebacking cores, whether you look at, like like, you look at the two teams that made it last year. Tampa Bay probably has had the best linebacking core of any Super Bowl team in like 10 yeah. years. And then you have Kansas City, who I love Anthony Hitchens, but that linebacking core is not that good.
1: Yeah. I mean, it isn't. And then honestly, it's like, uh, you know, even once again, I'm going back to them because they, they were rated the best defense in the league last year. The Rams, you know, their linebacking core is pretty average. It's just because they have Aaron Donald at a very good defensive line and Jalen Ramsey in a great secondary. So, uh, you know, I think that overall that's going to be – it's an interesting team, the one question I guess I have, and, you know, it's probably unfair to do this, but at the same time I do think it's still a question is are, are we going to get second half of the year Baker Mayfield for the entire season? You know, if he's truly put his turnover issues behind us, him and turned himself fully into that top 13 or 14 quarterback in the league, then I think the Browns are going to be really, really good, and they're going to win a lot of football games. If he turns into Freddie Kitchens-era Baker Mayfield or the first half of the season Baker Mayfield where he's turned the ball over, he's making bad reads, that kind of thing, then the Browns, I think, are still going to be a good team, but I think there's a ceiling on them because at this point, the way I look at it, even if like even though I think he really improved last season, I think he's really good, and I'm a Baker Mayfield fan, Like, of my contenders list, Baker Mayfield's the second-worst quarterback. You Know he's better than Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance, but at the same time, he's not better than guys like Ryan Tannehill. He's not better than guys like Matt Stafford to me. He's got to make sure he's consistently improving and a consistently good quarterback.
0: Well, what's interesting is I think Ryan Tannehill gives the perfect blueprint for what um what he needs to do. In that look, and I I again he's another Aggie, so I love uh what Tannehill has become and i've always thought that in his miami years he was extremely underrated he is not the the talented arm thrower like i think you compare him to like the talented quarterbacks or the like the the prototypical and he's he doesn't even compare what he is he's very smart and he has a good enough arm that he can deliver the perfect throws on third down I think and if athletic. you're looking, I mean, oh, and he's no. athletic. I think the thing with Mayfield is he needs to be. He doesn't need to be the superstar. He's got mm-hmm. again a great offensive line, really good receivers around him. The be, in my opinion, the best backfield in in football, and a defense that's not going to give up a lot of points. Uh, if you're Baker, you do not need to. Th- go for the touch the end zone in every play. I feel like that was the big issue in the Kitchens year and in the first half of the Hugh Jackson year is that he was trying to play superman. Kind of like he did in college, but he didn't he doesn't need to with the the team he has around him. So I think if he can play that game manager, I think he can become a top 10 quarterback in this league. It just needs to not let his ego get in the way.
1: Yeah. And I, I mean Yeah. I mean, I agree with everything on that. I think the Browns are going to be really good. I think that's the interesting case study is can he figure that out? And that's going to be the big thing that, that, like I said, if he, if he struggles and falls back into that 20, you know, number 20 quarterback range, I think there's a ceiling on this team. If he continues to play at like the 14th or 15th best quarterback, then I think this is a Super Bowl team. So that really is the big dependent on that team for me. Um, where are, I don't know where do you want to go on contenders now
0: let's let's go to the the four te- cuz i think outside of those two teams who both made the divisional round and put up fights but definitely weren't like a top team last year the other four big contenders are the teams that made the conference championships in the packers the bucks the bills and the chiefs uh let's start with i think the most interesting team of this off season, which is the packers uh you know two straight nfc championship game appearances two straight disappointments in different ways in terms of uh against the 49ers just getting blown out and against the bucks defeating uh, losing to a team they probably shouldn't do uh this is probably the last year of the aaron Rodgers uh, like a dynasty uh, his career there uh i can't imagine no matter how good they do him staying necessarily but unless they win even if they win i feel like he would just retire i feel like this is this is a dude who's just in part ways fed up with the team he understands what it means to be a packers quarterback but at the same time he understands that he's not happy uh which is i think the bigger thing of this offseason it's not necessarily that he wants to go to another team i just think he thinks that he's not happy where he is and that. You know what, why, if you have as much money and as much credibility as he does, why spend your time being unhappy, but uh, sorry, regardless of that tangent, you know, the Packers are still going to be a very good team this year. And I think they'll regress a little bit, but they should still be a team. You see in your next, like your top eight teams next year, possibly another top four finish.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is a team that I think has added some pieces they didn't necessarily need another running back, but Kylan Hill, I guess, has looked pretty good in the preseason. Uh, and he's a guy I liked out of Mississippi State, too. So he's a third back now. Who There's replaces another A&M Jam- guy. Yeah. Uh, he uh, replaces uh, Jamal Williams. And they have Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, Kylan Hill now. So that's a pretty nice triumvirate of uh, running backs. Uh, a lot of the reports about Martez Valdez, Marquez Valdez Scantling have been really high as the number two receiver. I still actually think Lazard can be a number two receiver if he just stays healthy. That's been his biggest thing. And then obviously you have Devonte Adams, Robert Tunyon's a stud. Um, they lost some pieces on the offensive line, but when it comes to Green Bay and the offensive line, I kind of just trust that they know what they're doing and they're going to end up with the top ten offensive line anyways. And you're not going to MVP. You're not going to talk about Randall Cobb. Oh yeah. They have Randall Cobb too. I almost forgot about that. Um, that was so their have...
0: big off season acquisition, man. Yeah.
1: Well, so the interesting thing was to me, I thought the one thing, you know, the Achilles sailed the last season's Packers team because they had all these pieces on offense and their offensive line was probably even better, even though it was hurt by the time the playoffs came around. Um, they had all these pieces on defense. Jair Alexander turned himself basically into a top three cornerback in the league. Um so you had him, you had a good defensive line. You had pretty good linebackers. You had good pass rush. You had good safeties. The one issue this team had was that second cornerback spot that killed him in that Tampa Bay game. And that was Kevin King and.
0: Killed him in both Tampa Bay games. People forget that the first Tampa yeah. Bay game, I think it was uh, Godwin that lit him up because of that.
1: Well, they, they also had no chance in that game with like the, I think it was two pick sixes or whatever. I think so. Yeah. Um, or at least one pick six, but yeah, he also didn't help the cause still. So I don't know if Eric Stokes right away is going to be able to be good enough to like contribute, but at the same time, they had to have just watched that Scotty Miller touchdown, which was a terrible play call, but they probably just watched that Scotty Miller touchdown just before the end of the half over and over again and saw Kevin King just get blown away at the line and have no chance of catching him. And then went and draft the fastest cornerback in the NFL draft and Eric Stokes who I think has some upside. I think he's a little small, but I think, you know, if you want speed, you definitely got it out of him. So you went and get him. And all of a sudden you got the fastest cornerback in the draft to pair as your number two corner. And I mean, honestly, it doesn't seem like he could be any worse than what Kevin King was. So here come the Packers they are back. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they end up in the NFC championship game again, competing for a super bowl.
0: I wouldn't be surprised just because I think that offense is still really good in that defense. I've had issues describing that defense just because I think they're good, but I definitely don't think they're one of these defenses you can rely on. Like Tampa Bay was the end of last year. Like St. Louis was last or yeah. Like LA was uh, like uh, the Browns were at points. I definitely don't think this, this green Bay defense was that, but they were still pretty good. And especially with uh, Aaron Rodgers on the other side of the ball, they were good enough. Um again, I think this is a team that's really at the crossroads. And obviously the the Aaron Rodgers situation kind of puts them in that. But it's like Devontae Adams only has one year left on his contract. There's there's no word from him yet about whether what's his decision is. Uh because he we know he wants to get paid. Uh obviously Eric Stokes is coming in. I think he'll be better, but I still think it'll take a while for him to adjust just because rookie cornerbacks, that's often the case. Very rarely do you get a rookie cornerback coming, coming in and dominating the league. Um, I think Randall Cobb will low key be a very big addition to that team, not necessarily stat wise, but I think his, his play, his smartness at the wide receiver position and his chemistry with Aaron will be a huge thing. Even if he's the third receiver in the offense, which he probably is his smartness and how he plays will help the second receiver be better And, you know, this is, I think, a a really big year for Matt LaFleur. Yeah, Matt LaFleur? That's the LaFleur? Uh, This will be a big year for for Mr. LaFleur in terms of how he's going to be heading into the next uh, cycle of the Packers. The presumably Jordan Love Packers, uh, knowing what we know about that team. But, you know, this team is so talented. I would be disappointed if they didn't make the conference championship. And, you know, if you're the Packers fan, you've got to be confident your team can at least have a good shot at making a run for a Super Bowl. Not that they can't because or not that they will necessarily, because I think the other two teams we mentioned, the NFC, are still really, really good. But, you know, the Packers are definitely up there with those other two.
1: Yeah, and I think they had the most pressure to win a Super Bowl too. Even, you know, I think them and the Rams have the most pressure to win a Super Bowl. The Rams have traded just about all of their first round picks to win a Super Bowl in the next two years. And the Packers are basically trying to please Aaron Rodgers. So I think there's a lot of pressure on them to win. Uh they're 26 and six in the regular season, in the Matt LaFleur area. That's pretty darn good. Um, so I think that they're going to I think they're going to be in the conversation. There's just a lot of good teams in the NFL, I think, this year. So I think it's going to be tough. Hmm. But I think they're in the conversation. That's all you need to be.
0: Well, what's funny with the Rams is, and I guess we'll talk about this because we kind of closed our Rams test. Have you ever heard of, like, the strategy from the Jack Pardee Redskins? That, yeah. like, we don't have – we don't like our first-round pick. And any time I think it was Jack Pardee. And any time we got a first-round pick, we traded it for a veteran because, you know, he didn't like rookies. I feel like that's the 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 philosophy under McVeigh. It's like, look, a first round pick is only good if you actually hit on it. So we might as well like trade those picks for someone we know is good. Yeah. Yeah. If if we can draft well enough in the back half that it doesn't matter if we don't have a first round pick, then why not?
1: Yeah. I mean it's an interesting strategy. I think it could pay off for them too. So but yeah, I mean the Packers though, I think it is going to be interesting. I think that, like I said, I think there's a lot of pressure on them. But I mean, roster wise, they're certainly capable of winning the Super Bowl. I think they're definitely in the contenders yeah. tier.
0: But uh the one team that's gonna probably give them just as much nightmare as they did last year and hopefully stop them again is the defending Super Bowl champion, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh I mean, you know the story. They started off eight and five, won eight straight games, won the Super Bowl, and now have everyone coming back. Uh yeah, just very good team and from what i've heard they have the potential to be even better just with more chemistry this year
1: yeah i mean 22 starters back uh their offense that was you know kind of patching some stuff together to begin the year basically has a full offseason now to have all the kings worked out they're going to be good to go and they should be rolling right away uh I think you know Gronk's going to be able to pick his spots again. I think you know Mike Evans and Godwin and Antonio Brown and Scotty Miller and OJ (laughs) Howard and Cameron Bray.
0: That's the other funny thing. It's like they get back OJ Howard, who I think what is it? He played two games and then got injured or something like that.
1: Yeah, something like that. Yeah.
0: So you you add OJ Howard, who is so good, and you. You know, they, they seem to be the only team that's so talented or at least has their head on straight so well enough that they can deal with the cancer that is Antonio Brown. Yeah. Like, just, just be like, okay, look, he's a cancer, but just don't let it affect you and let's win football games.
1: I mean, I think, honestly, it's also a Brady factor with it too because yeah. I think he just respects Brady. His, I mean, he didn't cause any problems in New England. A lot. The reason why he got cut was issues – before he signed with new England. So, uh, I mean, I think he just respects Brady and likes playing with Brady. And that's the big thing is that he knows he can win a Super Bowl. And this seems definitely capable of going back to back because all the talent on offense, I think, like you were saying that they can be better. I think the defense is where it gets better because by the end of the season and the playoffs, they're playing lights out football defensively. Uh, they had one of the youngest secondaries in the league last year that I thought really came on in the playoffs with, you know, Antoine Winfield jr. Being a stud as a rookie, uh, Carlton Davis, uh, Jamel Dean, uh, the guy with three names, Sean Murphy Bunting. Uh, you know, those are three young quarterbacks that, you know, carry a lot of confidence. And I think that they got better. And I think they can be really good next year. And maybe there's some like outsider defensive player of the year buzz for Devin White, who's. Just turned into one of the best linebackers in the league. I mean, that guy's an animal. He's he's one of my favorite non-Patriot players to watch because the way he just covers ground on the field is, I mean, it's just insane. He's he's so good, and I think he has room to improve in coverage. Where you know he's this great run-stuffing, pass-rushing linebacker. If he gets as good as I think he can athletically, because of his athleticism, if he gets as good as I think he can in coverage he's going to be the best linebacker in the league. So I think he's also really good.
0: And then you talk obviously about, you know, that, that defensive line, which, you know, their big thing last year was Vita Vea was injured for a lot of the games. If he, if he's healthy, fully you paired. So keep again, keeping everyone back together, keeping Kong Su, uh, re-signing Shaq Barrett to a very respectable four-year deal. Uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. being, by the end of the season, one of the best safeties in the league, if not throughout the season, like he had a great rookie year. Um, Yeah. I mean, you know, I've always been a defender of Todd Bowles. I never thought he was the problem in New York. Uh, I am really happy to see him succeeding really well with Tampa Bay. And, you know, he's probably going to be a candidate for another job this upcoming cycle. I'm surprised he honestly didn't get a lot of buzz this year. Uh, but yeah, he, he leads a great unit and Tampa Bay, you know, if we can, if we get the Tampa Bay team that played in the last eight games throughout the season, then I could see a team easily go 15 and one, especially with them in a down division this year.
1: Well, 16 and one now 16 and one. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's a ton of talent to that team. There's no doubt about it. I don't know if they'll go 16 and one just because Well, I think there's young players, I think they're young in spots, like the secondary, the offensive line's actually pretty young. And um, I think they have young players around the roster. There are some aging guys like sprinkled throughout the starting rotation. I mean, besides Tom Brady, who's the obvious like aging guy that I could see them taking like a couple games off here or there, but for the most part, I think this is going to be an awesome team. And I think they're going to put up a ton of points. I think they should be able to stop a lot of teams, too. Uh, yeah, I mean, they they won the Super Bowl for a reason. I think they're going yeah. to be back. I mean, uh, the,
0: if Tom Brady gets injured, they'll just play Blaine Gabbard and win another Super Bowl. That's...
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean... How I does that I mean, make
0: Dan Marino feel, that t- Blaine Gabbard has a Super Bowl ring?
1: I mean, Trent Dilfer, Dilfer had a team that won him a Super Bowl, so... I'm sure there's plenty of reasons that Dan Marino.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's just. Sorry. Uh, so let's transition over from the the team that won the Super Bowl to the team that lost the Super Bowl. I feel like Kansas City has gone into revenge mode this this off season, trying to you know drastically fix all of the issues that obviously cost them from that back-to-back Super Bowl win uh you know I think you talked about this these are very good uh, when we talked about the offseason very good moves and Kansas City's another team like Tampa Bay that was very good last year could be even better
1: yeah I mean it was a shrewd offseason I thought they did a good job just you know addressing what they needed to address I do have some concerns still about some of the stuff um you know, they're seemingly going to play two rookies on the offensive line uh, at Creed Humphrey at center. And there is talk. I was listening to a podcast earlier that the sixth rounder they got might start at right guard. Um, I can't remember his name. Is that the the Tennessee guard? I think so. From? Did something uh, happen
0: to their guys? Because, I mean, well,
1: uh, he was really good. Don't get me wrong. He
0: wasn't. He wasn't a sixth round pick. He was a guy who really felt.
1: Yeah, I mean the thing is is that uh I think the other option is basically the the returning player is Kyle Long, you know, who is coming out of retirement and B was also bad by the end of his career because of the injuries had piled up. So maybe this Tennessee maybe the sixth rounder wins out on this one. I do I do think there's some depth issues with this team, you know. There there's not a lot of Sammy Watkins fans out there. But I thought Sammy Watkins is a serviceable guy as that like kind of third option behind Kelsey and Hill, who, you know, when you really needed a 60 yard day out of Sammy Watkins, Sammy Watkins, when he was on the field, rose to the occasion. I'm not like, obviously him leaving. I think like, like, I think there's obviously talent in the receiving room still, but at the same time, that's not really any of those guys game to like go and be that intermediate route runner and just find the open space in the zone defenses. Cause you have to play zone against Kansas city. You can't man up on these guys. Um, and Watkins just did that really well. I'm not sure if Hardman or Byron Pringle or any of these guys or Demarcus Robinson's the other one. I'm not sure if these guys have that like in their repertoire, they're all kind of home run hitters and they're all really good home run hitters, but I'm not sure any of them are like that. Let me get the 14-yard gain here in the middle of the zone defense, and I think that's going to be something that they might miss sorely, along with the issues on the offensive line. I think still might happen. I mean, until we see these guys on the field, I'm not entirely sure. Um,
0: so I'll say two things. One, I just looked it up. Chris Long has an injury. Kyle that's Long? Kyle Long. Sorry, Kyle Long has an injury. Yeah, that's why he's not projected to start. Uh, they may actually go with Louverde Louv, Louver Tardif. A, Completely butchered Duvernay Tardif. Duvernay Tardif, sorry. Yeah, that, that's... Is he playing this year? He committed. I don't know if he's, like... Like, I think he's playing. It, uh. I haven't heard anything about him not playing. Uh, but uh, Cardman has been one of the most... I do want to say frustrating, because I think he's just been... He's been good in his moments in Kansas City. But he's definitely showed, like, a lot of pop, but not necessarily as consistent as i want from him from that third or third or fourth weapon in kansas city because you know he's at moments but you know i think especially you look at that super bowl he was not good against the bucks
1: i mean i feel like he's become overrated at this point like i mean i think there's some people who view him as the third receiver that's like on par with like having michael gallup as your third receiver and i'm just like there's no way that i don't think this guy's that good i mean i think he's an awesome deep threat. And I think he has some variable, you know, good on reverses. I think he does certain things, but I, like I said, I think for the role that Sammy Watkins played, I'm not sure there's a guy on the roster that replaces that. Um, And, you know, Sammy Watkins at the same time was, you know, hurt a lot. So maybe they'd be, they're okay with it. Um, they and also, also have, I'll also so say nice. that
0: Sammy Watkins's role disappeared in several games, especially yeah. uh two years ago, again, in that, uh, season they won the Super Bowl. The, like, he had, you know, some games where he had 70 yards, and then he had a game where he got thrown to three times. Yeah. It's like you can't, it's the, the Kansas City offense is built around two guys, and then Patrick Mahomes finding the open other receivers. Uh, I, again, I think Hardman's one of those weird people where it's like, I can see him. I can see where the potential comes and I can see where people are saying he's very similar to how Gallup is in Dallas in Kansas city's offense, but he hasn't shown it anywhere consistently enough. And frankly, Gallup hasn't either uh, to where I can pencil him in is that great third option.
1: Yeah. I, I, it just depends on how you feel about them as the third option. Sure. But yeah. I mean, I would rather have Gallup personally than Hardman, but I mean, yeah. So those are my concerns on offense defensively. I question some of the depth stuff there too, because they lost Rashad Breeland in the secondary. I know Legereus need was very good in his first year uh, last year as a corner. It, um, but I wonder if that's sustainable. I have questions about that. They're still not a very good linebacker group. Um, I know Chris Jones is a superstar among superstars. And, you know, in the most glowingly nice way possible, I say he's Aaron Donald Light because, you know, that's kind of what he is. Um, But, you know, there are some issues because Frank Clark, I mean, let's be honest, Frank Clark sucked last year. He was bad. And he's there, you know, he's highly paid and they don't really have an option that like could take his spot there so is Chris Jones going to have to do everything on that fence, that defensive line can the linebackers hold up for a year can anybody like is anyone going to stand up in that secondary besides Tyree Matthew who's obviously you know a fantastic safety but I do think there are some concerns with this team that being said they have Patrick Mahomes. They have Andy Reid. They have Travis Kelsey. They have Tyree Hill. They have the best quarterback in the league. They might have the best weapon in the league in Tyree Hill. Um, I'm not sure if he's the best receiver in the league, but I think if I were to pick someone to design an offense around, I'm taking Tyree Hill and his skill set. Uh, they might, especially
0: have... if you have a, an arm like Mahomes. Yeah, I don't know. I, I i've always thought like obviously it's not a thing anymore because you know he's won a super Bowl. i always thought that kelsey for like f- three or four years was the most like unheralded weapon uh but him alongside hill is what makes that offense so deadly um going back to defense though i honestly i think it was something that was lost in the super Bowl last year just because of that the, the the how the Bucks canceled out the Chiefs offense, but the defense really struggled against Tampa Bay
1: in that first half, definitely.
0: Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised, especially because I feel like that was something I understand why they've tried to fix the offensive line and spent so many resources on that. I wouldn't be surprised if how little they spent on the defense. The defense struggled next year, at least compared to how they've been the last couple of years.
1: Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see it. I guess the good thing Kansas City can say is our defense might stink. You still have to score with us. Good luck.
0: And that, and, and that, and that was the big thing against Buffalo. And not necessarily that Buffalo, they didn't – I thought they played a good game against Buffalo. It's just the offense was so good against Buffalo that it didn't matter. But it, I do think if there is going to be something that's going to hurt Kansas City next year, it is going to be their defense.
1: Yeah, yeah, it'll be an interesting one. And, you know, we can transition to Buffalo with that. The four team that made the AFC or they made the AFC championship game lost to Kansas City. Um, I was looking at this last week and I put a bet down on Josh Allen to win MVP. And I also think Buffalo Bills can win the Super Bowl this year. Uh, This is a pretty good offensive roster. They basically saw one weakness to this team at the end of the year, which was their edge rushing, their pass rush. And they went and drafted like four edge rushers. They went and signed another edge rusher. They still have AJ Epineza from last year too that they drafted. So they have all these pieces now that, you know, they have, If at the very least they have depth at edge rush. Uh, I don't know if any of these guys are going to work out, but, you know, Russo's looked really good in the preseason. Um, I think Zach Moss, you know, people are concerned about the running back spot. I think Zach Moss is good good enough to be a number one running back. And also, they have the the most improved player from last year in Josh Allen, who should be just as good again next year. And they're bringing just about the whole game back together on offense. So,
0: yeah, my thing with Buffalo is that it kind of felt like the uh, the last year's team was a year or two ahead of where they should be. Obviously, Allen has been. I I don't think they have a most improved player award. In the nfl if they sh- if they do josh allen definitely should have won it for either the last two years Just because he's really really grown as a player um You know, I think even outside of edge rushing which I think they did a good job of attaining I think they got some good veteran pieces in there. I thought emmanuel sanders was a pretty solid pickup Uh, they signed a running back. I can't remember who it was but they signed like a, a just a depth running back who I thought was really good um They got uh and they got Janoris Jenkins to kind of fill the back end of their corner where Josh or where Josh Norman didn't really work last year. Yeah. I think the bills are a very solid team and the direction they've been going under the rebuild. They're kind of just hoping that they continue that growth this year. And I think they, they will, it'll be the, the question of if they can uh, cut how much of that gap between them and Kansas city, they can cut down but yeah, I mean, they're as solid as any other team in of the four we've mentioned. The big thing for them is, are they going to be able to execute? Because that was the big question last year. And honestly, they kind of played down to their competition last year in the playoffs a little bit. They didn't play well against the Colts. They eked one out against the Ravens. And then they obviously got demolished by Kansas City.
1: Yeah, I could see this as like going cross board reference here that like the young OKC team that kind of got demolished by Dallas, that was just this veteran savvy team that kind of, you know, knew the knew the situation and knew the pressure and the stakes. And then all of a sudden the next year, OKC came back and looked you know, made the finals. You know, I could see Buffalo kind of having that sort of moment where, you know, they got a little taste of it. They understood what the playoff moment was like, because I did think think they, they struggled in that Indianapolis game to pull out that win. And then they played Kansas City. And I thought, struggled you know they struggled in that game uh so i do think that maybe now that they got their feet wet they kind of know the situation they can come back and be even better uh yeah and you know this was another team that it was like you know the defense was so far ahead of the offense for a number of years and then last year just flipped the defense wasn't that good last year and i think that gets corrected uh I, I believe in Sean McDermott. I think he's one of the better defensive coaches in football. And I think he kind of, I don't think he's going to tolerate having a bad defense again last year, next year. I think that secondary has way too much talent to be as average as it was last season. I think they get enough pass rush to kind of make up for that. And I think this is going to be a really good defense again. So, yeah, I mean, I think Buffalo can be even better. And yeah, I mean, I think the sky, the limit right now for Allen. I don't think you can put a ceiling on him. Based off his performance last year with his athleticism, his throwing ability, the accuracy going way up. I mean, I think it's the real deal.
0: Yeah. I equate this, the last year's Buffalo team to the 91 Cowboys, which if I remember correctly, was like a team that finally broke through, made the playoffs. And I think they lost to the Eagles in the playoff. I, I, I need to look that up, but you know, they were a team that kind of surprised a lot of people. And then the next year obviously won the Super Bowl. So uh, we'll see if this, Uh, A Buffalo team can live up to those high expectations. Um, Okay, so now that we've kind of gone over the six to nine, I guess, premier teams, let's go through every division in football and kind of list our teams that will surprise you and teams that will disappoint you, uh, just in terms of where we set them. Uh, Let's start on the AFC East. Teams that will surprise you.
1: New England. I mean, this is easy for me. I mean, I think I mean, I think this is a 10 win team. This is a seven win team last year that really, you know, they lost to Houston and Denver. Like the narrative on New England was so bad last year. If they just win that they had to do it, did what they had to do in those Houston and Denver games. That's a playoff team, you know, and that's with, you know, atrociously bad quarterback play, I thought throwing the ball i mean they ran the ball well but throwing the ball i thought they were just bad they the receivers obviously weren't up to par and i think i've said this before i think that this team is going to be better at every position besides punter because jake bailey's a stud and he's already really good this team is going to be better at every position group this year compared to last year the secondary i think is going to improve with it being healthy if gilmore can get back on the field the linebackers get high tower back. Josh Uche has had one of the best training camps in the league. Um, Matthew Judon is the best defensive player in the preseason. <laughs> so uh, hopefully he can. I mean, he was really good. In, he was good in Baltimore, and you know, a lot of Baltimore people were like, "Oh, that's an overpay." Well, he, he's looked pretty gar- darn good this uh, so yeah. far this offseason. I'm excited for him on this group. I think that they're going to be. Uh, a better than expected pass rush group. Then they got Devin Godshaw from um, Miami and he's just one of those classic run stuffing nose tackles. I mean, this is a pretty complete defense that I think has the potential to be awesome next season. And then on the flip side, you have the offense, which I just think is going to be better. You know, Damian Harris is going to be healthy fingers crossed, hopefully for the full season. Uh, You got Stevenson. I talked about the running backs already. Those, those guys are all really good. They got four options back there. Uh Nelson Aguilar, who I think is almost getting a little underrated. Uh, you know, he obviously had the one year where it was like, you know, one one year looks like the anomaly, but at the same time, I just thought he was good last year. And I think he can continue to be good. Then you have Jacoby Myers who looks good, Hunter Henry, John U. Smith, who are both good tight ends, uh, a really good offensive line, and then maybe one of the most impressive people in camp all offseason has been mac jones. the reports keep coming out that he's amazing. they had a joint practice with the giants today and he completed like 19 straight passes and threw like five touchdowns. so he looks the part of a starting nfl quarterback and i think this is just going to be a really good team.
0: i'll give my surprise pick to the jets. uh not that they'll be like great or playoff contender or anything but i think you know, a lot of people are pegging them pretty low. I at least think their defense will be vastly improved from what we saw last year, even with the Carl Lawson injury. I think that defense will turn a corner next year. Uh, their offense may still be a little suspect, but I think uh, if there's anything Robert Sala is going to do, it's propel that defense. So,
1: yeah, I mean, he could, I, I do think the Carl Lawson injury sucks because I was excited to see him because I think he's a good player, but um, I, I could see like this. I think a success for the Jets this season, honestly, is like, even if they win like four games, if like Wilson just looks the part of the stud and he's looked really good this preseason too. I would say him and Mac have been the two most impressive young quarterbacks mm-hmm. of the preseason. And he's looked really good. Him and Corey Davis already look like they have a really good connection. So I would say even if they win like four or five games, if he looks the part of a stud and is you know, either winning offensive rookie of the year or right in the conversation, I'd say that's a success for the Jets. I'll put
0: them at six wins with them being competitive in two of their losses, like to the end losses in a couple of their other games.
1: Yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens. My disappointing team is definitely going to be the Dolphins. Uh, This team just felt like a regression candidate based off of last season. Um, They kind of overshot themselves. And I mean, look, the thing is, is like, We continue to say it. Teams that win by one score and teams that, you know, capitalize on turnovers typically regress. They did both of those really well last season. And while I think, you know, obviously Xavier Howard's a stud, you know, you still have to question it with the, you know, the amount of turnovers they got, if that can be sustained. They want to run this vertical offense, which, you know, sounds like a good idea, you know, to open up the offense a little more. The problem is that they have the worst offensive line in the league. It's just atrociously bad. And they're hoping for these young players that looked horrible to get better. And I don't know if they can. Miami felt like a regression candidate anyways. And I just kind of, I don't know. There's nothing to really excite me about the team except for Jalen Waddle. Yeah, I'll, I'll pick the
0: Dolphins as well. But if I'm going to go specifically, I'm going to go the Dolphins defense. You know, they were a unit that for a long time last year was pretty good. I think you know, especially talking about some of the losses they had last year, Kyle Van Noy. I think they're going to be a lot worse unit this year. But as a as a whole, I think the Dolphins will be the team of those four that regresses. Yeah. Uh, let's jump over to the AFC North. I think, I think you'll have the same thought as me. Uh, my surprise team will be the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I think you know, this was a team last year that even near the end of the year showed how good they could be. Uh, Even without Joe Burrow, you talk about that big win over the Steelers and how they played down the stretch. Again, I'm not saying this is going to be a team that wins more games than they lose, but in that really tough division, I wouldn't be surprised if they go win seven or eight games and look competitive against these other stalwarts in the AFC North that, you know compete for the playoffs uh the main thing obviously is the health of burrow i think they're in a similar spot to the jets where even if they struggle like lost wins loss wise the big thing for them is just keeping joe burrow healthy but you know i think they they get a good job of improving from last year and i wouldn't be surprised if that shows in the scorebook
1: well good then they went crazy on improving the offensive line to protect joe burrow oh wait they didn't do that um yeah i mean i don't know uh I'm not picking the Bengals as a surprise team just because I don't know. Like I'll believe the Bengals stuff when I see it. I think Joe Burrow is good, but I do feel like Zach Taylor's not the answer coach. So I'm just not picking that team and I don't think they're gonna be very good defensively. I feel like Trey Hendrickson from Carl Lawson's a downgrade, a definite downgrade. I thought they losing William Jackson, I think is gonna hurt. I think that defense is gonna be bad. Um I'll just say the Browns because I still feel like there's a stigma that the Browns are the Browns and the Brown things. Um, you know. I mean, I think this team's going to be really good. So, yeah, I mean, I'll pick the Browns as a surprise and then disappointment. Um, I'll pick the Steelers just because while I still think they can win nine games and I'm definitely not betting on Tomlin to go under 500 for the first time in his career. I mean, there's just a recipe for this team being bad with a bad offensive line in front of a rookie running back, uh, an aging Big Ben behind that bad offensive line, too. They've just, you know, although the defense was still really good at times last year, they've slowly, like, just lost a piece here and there on that defense year by year. And so while I still think there's some super talented players on that defense, they've still lost a fair amount of guys that it's like maybe they start to regress a little bit. And if this defense isn't awesome, what's the ceiling of this team? So I'll say the Steelers could regress. That being said, I still view it as, like, a 9 and eight team.
0: Yeah, I mean – I agree with you on the d- disappointment in the sense that uh, the Steelers regressed by the end of last year. They have that terrible playoff game against the Browns. I didn't think they did nearly enough in the offseason to improve. In fact, they lost a bunch of pe- a couple of pieces. So yeah, if you're asking me of the, the four teams in that division, which is going to have lower expectations, I think it's going to be the Steelers. I think there's a l- there's an excitement for them being a playoff team and possibly making it back to like the second round. I don't see that. I see this as a team that maxes out as a third seed that loses in the first round. Mm-hmm. And, and if this is the last year, big Ben, I think they're going to go out disappointingly.
1: Yeah. And uh, Dwayne has their backup. So hopefully big Ben stays on the field. Um, so We'll transition to the AFC South of that one. Um, my biggest surprise team, potentially, I'll say the Jaguars, just because I think this team now, granted, nothing about this preseason has got me excited about them because it seems like they don't want to throw a ball 10 yards down the field, and Travis Etienne's now hurt for an extended period of time. Uh, but if they open up the offense a little bit, I think that there's enough offensive weapons here that this offense can not only be just, you know, it could be really good. You know, you're looking at DJ Chark. You're looking at Lavishka Um, You're looking at Marvin Jones Jr. You still have James Robinson there. It's a solid offensive line. It's Trevor Lawrence at quarterback, who obviously has all the you know potential in the world. I think this offense can score a ton of points. So I think that they can be a really fun team to watch. That being said, they feel like maybe a six-win team at best because they're going to give up a thousand points along with score, even if they can score a lot, because this defense is bad. And then they traded Joe Sherbert. So it's going to get even worse. So I think it's going to be a bad defense with potentially a good offense, which might make it the most entertaining for. I'm
0: going to go with the Colts. I was going to go like, especially with the injury to luck. I think a lot of people are pinning them like a few games down than they should be. I think this team Without even without luck, is going to be pretty good. Did a really good job in the offseason, both in free agency and the draft, to shore up some of their holes. I still think they're going to rely a lot on Jonathan Taylor in the running game, which is why their quarterback play won't necessarily hurt them. Uh, I think this is a team that easily has a chance to win the division, and depending on how the injury bug works, could possibly make a run to the AFC championship game. I think the big question there is about the health of the quarterback. Yeah, I think the Colts, I think a lot of people, especially after the luck injury, discounted the Colts a little bit. I think the Colts will be very good this year.
1: Well, and the the good news is, is that from what people have said is that Carson Wentz is ahead of schedule. And where it looked like he could be gone for until like week three to like week seven, it looks like he might be ready for week one, even if he's playing hurt. Uh, so if he's able to play, then... I mean, if they get 2019 Carson Wentz where he's throwing for almost 5,000 yards with not a single receiver at 500, then I think they're going to be good. If they get 2020 Carson Wentz, uh, it's probably going to look a lot like Colts last year where they had Rivers who was fine, a good running game, and a pretty good defense still. So And that was still a playoff team. So I do think the Colts, I think there's a high floor on the Colts, even if Wentz is unhealthy or, you know looks a lot like last season because they have so many good parts about this team that I think are going to really help. So Absolutely. And I'll go
0: disappointing.
1: The Texans.
0: Here's the thing. I don't know if that's disappointing because I think everyone expects them to be awful.
1: Yeah. It's going to work. It's going to look even worse than people think.
0: I'm going to go the Titans because I think the Titans will start off a really bad. I think, they'll, I think they'll kind of be like the Bucs last year where they start off really mediocre and then by the end of the season, figure it out. But I do think they're going to struggle for the first couple of games.
1: Yeah, I mean, so I guess the thing with the Titans is, you know, while I think they're contenders, I think at the same time, as good as those young, the rookie defensive backs have looked in the preseason and they looked really, really good. Um, as good as they looked in the preseason, They can still be bad, and if this defense is bad again, I think there's a ceiling on this team. They paid a lot of money for Bud Dupree. If Bud Dupree looks a lot more human or away from T.J. Watt, then all of a sudden that hurts them too. So I think there's certain things that could regress with this team, but I still think they're going to be pretty good. I'll just pick Houston because I think they're going to be so, so bad, Um, and I think people aren't prepared for how bad it's going to be until they see this team play.
0: It's gonna be pretty bad. Uh, let's transition over to the AFC West. Uh, I think honestly, people are sleeping on the Raiders. This is a uh, this is one of those teams that I think could easily earn that seventh seed in the playoffs. Uh, played really well last year despite I think a lot of people putting them under the radar. Josh Jacobs is still one of my favorite running backs in the league. You know, Derek Carr is still very frustrating as a quarterback because I think he has good moments and bad moments. Uh, I think the defense has a better year than people give it credit for. And I think they, uh, you know what I'm going to call it. I think they'll make the playoffs as a seven seed. I mean,
1: we'll see on the Raiders. I mean, I, I like them too. I do like them. I think the problem is, is that a, whatever it is in the second half of seasons that kills this team, like they are one in five, two years ago in the second half of the year. And then two and five last year. This team looked like a playoff. They had one of the toughest schedules to start the year and they beat Kansas City and looked really good to start the year, then fell apart on the easy part of the schedule. Um, or easier, they had a really tough schedule in general, but the easier part of the schedule they fell apart on. Uh I mean, look their best two players last year were Darren Waller and Derek Carr. Those two guys are awesome. Derek Carr has legitimately put himself in the conversation as I mean, he's a top 12 quarterback in the league, I think. Um, there's people who are already ready to put Justin Herbert over him. He was better than Justin Herbert last year. As good as, as much potential as I think Herbert has, he was better than Herbert last season. Waller obviously is a 1,000-yard tight end, which is something serious. Um, they need some sort of production out of um, – what's his name? Henry Roggs or Brian Edwards in that passing game to replace Aguilar. But, you know, those two are obviously still have a ton of potential and can be very good. Defensively, I'm concerned because they didn't – I mean – They got Yannick Ngakwe, who I think will be a big help, but there's still a lot of these pieces to this team that, you know, that they've either drafted or, you know, signed in the recent years that just didn't look good. You know, Corey Littleton was a linebacker. They paid a lot of money, forgot how to cover last season. Uh, He looked really bad Uh, in the secondary. You know, you spent all this capital capital on guys like Damon Arnett, uh, Trayvon Mullen, Jonathan Abrams, who I think, in the league last year. And I mean, if you watch him, he is obviously really good athletically. He just is a complete psychopath on the field. They all run around like idiots. It doesn't seem like that. It seemed like the scheme was a big problem. And then they're bringing in Dan Quinn, I believe who's the defensive. No, no, not Dan Quinn. They're bringing in. I don't like their defensive coordinator option either though. Um, or shadowing. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. uh, uh, but yeah, so I, I think the defense could struggle again. I, I do think they have the potential um, I guess the trendy pick has been the Chargers this offseason. New head coach, who's very defensive oriented. The defense should improve by that. And Derwin James finally being healthy. They addressed the offensive line in the offseason, got much better on the offensive line. Justin Herbert obviously has potential to be a top 10 quarterback in the league or even better. Um, we'll see how he does in year two. They have weapons on offense, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, Mike Williams, all these pieces on this team that, you know, it should be better than, they should be better than seven and nine. So we'll see what happens with them.
0: For disappointing, I want to go a hot take and say uh, the Chargers, but I won't, I'll just say the Broncos. I think low key, very high contender for the number one overall pick. I think they'll be not that great.
1: I don't know if they'll be that bad they're still good players on this roster um they still have a good receiving core but they're quarterbacked
0: by Teddy Bridgewater
1: yeah and you know at the end of the day like I, I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is the worst quarterback in the NFL right now um i I in fact think that he's an upgrade over drew Locke <laughs> I mean so he, clearly he, the he is
0: they won the job yeah but... uh
1: I could see this team starting though like three and seven or like two and six. And then Fangio's the first coach fired. Um, yeah. I d- that's kind of what I see happening is like, this is kind of like a subpar team, a mediocre team, and then Fangio's fired and they kind of re- retool things. Um,
0: Which then makes you wonder about the, the them not drafting uh, Justin Fields and then going after Sertan.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Although I've, I think Sertan can be good. And at the same time, I, I don't know. One of the things I've always kind of thought like, if you're not in love with quarterback prospects the good news is with quarterbacks nowadays is there's so many good ones so many or not even good ones there's so many prospects nowadays that like i was looking at it there's going to be there's going to be five you know probably four first rounders next year and potentially more if guys develop and then the year after that there's probably going to be four or five new guys too so i'm okay with that at the end of the day but yeah i mean this could i could see this team being bad and then all of a sudden they just change coaches but i don't think it's is bad enough to be the worst team in the league i think they're going to be a bad team though so yeah i'd put them as biggest disappointment but i don't think they're going to end up as first overall or anything like that
0: hit me with your nfc east uh surprise
1: uh, i think washington's going to be even better than people expect i think this team actually has the capability if fitzpatrick plays like he did in miami last year now that's the thing with fitzpatrick is it doesn't matter uh you know from game to game, season to season. It's a different Ryan Fitzpatrick. But if he plays like he did in Miami last year, I could see this team winning 10 games. Um, I think they're going to be clearly the best team in the NFC East. I think they got a loaded defense. I think that the offense has improved. Antonio Gibson's going to get even better. McLaurin's obviously a stud. And so Logan Thomas is a really good tight end. He's the top half of the league tight end. So all of a sudden now, a team with a really good defense has a little more weapons around it. I think, you know, despite the hype around Chase Young, I think another guy who could get some defensive player of the year buzz as a very far outsider, and maybe he doesn't have the narrative to do it, is Montez Sweat, who's the best defender on that team. Um, so all of a sudden you have all these pieces that I think can be pretty good. I could see this team winning 10 games, I think, it's a good football team. It's just, you know, can the offseason stuff, can they put all that behind them with all the vaccination stuff and, you know, coach Rivera kind of, you know, chewing them out publicly. Is all that going to be okay? I think this could be a really good team though.
0: I'll kind of share it between them and the Eagles in the sense that I think a lot of people are just immediately writing off the Eagles and I don't think they'll be that terrible. I wouldn't be surprised if the NFC East as a whole, like improves by like two or three games, each team. Uh I wouldn't be surprised if like what they win like six games last year or no, like five games last year. I wouldn't be surprised if they won six. Uh, And I think a lot of people are, would call that very surprising. Um, Disappointment. I'll definitely put the New York giants. You know, I think there were a team that entering this off season had the potential to kind of upend the giants and the Cowboys as the top team in the division, if they made good moves. And I just haven't been a fan, honestly, of their off season so far. And we're hearing all this stuff about the Joe Judge uh, horror camp and all the people retiring and, like, getting quit. I wouldn't be surprised if they regress next year and then the Giants go into the draft looking for another quarterback.
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I'm not a Jason Garrett or Daniel Jones fan, so I could definitely Or Freddie
0: that. Kitchens. Isn't he still their tight end coach? Uh,
1: he's. I think he's still with the team, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I can definitely see that being like a recipe for disaster. I think Kenny Galladay is kind of not kind of, I think he's kind of massively overrated. You know, he was paid like a number one receiver. I'm not sure he actually is a number one receiver. He's just been kind of stuck with bad teams that need him to be a number one receiver. Um, I I guess, you know, I don't know if this is really like a fair thing, but like Vegas has this team's win total at nine and a half. So if you're betting the over, you have to guess that they're going to win 10 games. I don't see the Dallas Cowboys as a 10-win team. I still think that defense is going to be bad. The secondary, I, you know, I think there's promising players. in Micah, Micah Parsons, who's been great this preseason. Uh, Trevon Diggs, I think, has a ton of promise. And that's about all I see. Jalen Smith, I don't know what happened, but he's basically forgotten to cover. And he was one of the best coverage linebackers in the NFL. And the last year and then so far this preseason, he's looked horrible. Uh, I don't know what's left in Ezekiel Elliott. I think a lot of people are expecting a bounce-back season, but we see running backs once they turn this kind of age and have this sort of mileage get worse, not better. Um, You know, I think that's going to be a problem. Start the year. Uh, he kind of bailed them out of one game, the Atlanta game, which was, you know, even Dak saying Dak bailed them out, Atlanta kind of bailed them out too, with forgetting how to recover an onside kick. So they weren't really good to start the year with Dak and to say, he's going to cure all of this and turn this into a top, you know, a 10 win team. I just don't really see it. I don't think they're going to be that good. I think the Cowboys
0: are both some people's surprising team and some people's disappointing team based on how you view them expectations. wise Cause I know some people view them as like a six to seven win team. And some of them, like you said, view them as a nine to 10 win team. I think either way they could fl- fluctuate into that, like in between range of like seven to nine wins, uh, which is probably realistically where they are. Um, you know, depending on how good the division is, I wouldn't be surprised if they go down to seven, wouldn't be surprised if they go to nine. So that's why I'm kind of in that, like, I don't know. It's kind of, you, they're a disappointment, depending on how you view them, or a surprise, depending on how you view them. Uh, so yeah, that's that, that's yeah. that's the team for me this year. Uh, we'll have to see how they do in game one. So
1: yeah, I mean, we'll see. I just think, I guess, one of my hot takes is I think CD Land becomes a receiver in the NFL.
0: I did not hear that. Can you say that one more time?
1: I said I think CD Land becomes a top ten receiver in the NFL. He uh, he has
0: all the potential, and I think last year, with all the the you know rookies didn't get the off season together and COVID and stuff like that. He was think, really good. Still, he was still very good. That's my point. So I wouldn't be surprised if he becomes maybe not the best wide receiver in this class, but up there because Justin well, Jefferson's still really good.
1: Yeah, and you know I do think that there is going to be like a oh Jefferson's way better, and then Lamb has an awesome season when he finally gets a good quarterback for the whole year. Um, In that sort of situation, I mean, he's always wide open. I don't know what he does route running wise. Um, I haven't looked at like all 22 footage, but he is wide open. It seems like on every play. I don't know how he keeps doing it. It's impressive. He did it all the time at Oklahoma. And that's why he was my favorite receiver in the draft last year. And he's continued to do it in Dallas. I think he's just incredible. Uh, Uh, I'm a big CD Lamb fan. So. uh, Let's
0: go to the NFC North. Where do you, where do you slant your surprise there?
1: Surprise. Um, I'll pick Detroit. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I don't know if Dan Campbell's going to work, but I am wildly entertained. I am fascinated by this team. I'm fascinated by a head coach in 2021 in the the spread offense, motion style offense. Wants to say we want to get down on the line of scrimmage and bite people's kneecaps off. They basically put a ton into this O-line that I think can be pretty good, or not can be, I think he can be very good, especially, you know, once Penaisuil gets his feet under him, gets a little bit better. I think that they're pretty good on the defensive line too. I think DeAndre Swift can actually have a pretty big year with this team, with this offensive line in front of him. Um, I still think it's going to end up as one of the worst teams, but I'm just going to, I might watch every game just because I'm so interested in Van Campbell. Um, So they could be the most interesting three-win team of all time. You're talking about the dude who admitted
0: he was an a-hole for cutting his punter on his birthday or long snapper on his birthday.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I'm wildly fascinated. I think yeah. he's so interesting.
0: I, I'm not going to say he's my surprise. Cause I, I agree with you. I think they're going to be bad just in general, but you know, I do, I wouldn't be surprised if Carson Wentz has a good year, like, cause Jared I think, or Jared Goff, sorry. Or Carson Wentz. Uh, but no, I wouldn't be surprised if Jared Goff has a good year just because He's away from that team, and he has very little expectations. Um, I, though, will say my surprise will be the Minnesota Vikings, yeah. and conversely, my disappointment will be the Chicago Bears, in that I think those two teams will swap places. I think the Minnesota Vikings will be the team that makes the playoff as the six or seven seed, and the Vi- or the and the Bears will be the team that falls out of the playoffs and is a disappointment.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think a folding chair would have been better than the options they had at cornerback last year, so I think Minnesota was automatically a bounce-back candidate. Um, (laughs) Which, by the way, man, they've had a really, between Mike Hughes and Jeff Gladney,
0: they've really had a bad time scouting cornerbacks in the draft.
1: Well, Hughes was good his rookie year. He just got hurt, and it doesn't seem like it's going to get better for him. Um, You know, I thought he was pretty good his rookie year, but then the torn ACL obviously kind of derailed everything um and then gladney yeah i mean he was bad (laughs) although the the other rookie they drafted in like the fourth or fifth round he was pretty good last year no i did that um so you know they uh i think that by default i mean i don't think mike zimmer is going to talk kind of same thing with mcdermott i don't think he's going to tolerate having that bad of a defense again and it was really just the corners that were the major problem and i think they're going to address that it's going to be better um I still like this offense. I mean, Cook's still awesome, obviously. Uh, I I wouldn't mind if they actually threw it a little more because they have Thielen, who I felt like was kind of underused last year, and then with Jefferson, Irv Smith now taking over the full-time tight end role. Uh, Cousins actually had a fantastic year last year, Um, even though to me he's still the quarterback equivalent of White Claw. Um, So... He, he is white claw. If you, uh, if you love him, you massively overrate him. And if you hate him, you massively underrate him. You know, that's kind of who Kirk cousins is to me. Um,
0: oh, so, so he's, uh,
1: he's Dr. Pepper. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think that he, you know, I thought he had a really good year last year though. Um, so I think that this team is going to be pretty good and they were an obvious basketball candidate. Uh, biggest disappointment for me and with you, it's Chicago because I mean, I hate this team. I had to hate watch this team so many times because they were in a playoff spot last year. There is nothing I like about this team. I think the defense is going to regress. They lost Kyle Fuller, um, which I think is kind of big. Um, I think they're, you know, how bad the defense got when Keem Hicks wasn't there, uh, I thought was a major problem. Uh, I'm not an Andy Dalton fan. I think that kind of goes without saying, and I mean I don't really like anything about this team. I like Allen Robinson, and I wish Do you not think Andy
0: team? Dalton's a better quarterback than Mitch Trubisky was last year,
1: than Nick Foles was last year, or no? No, honestly, no. I think that Matt Nagy. I don't know, Matt Nagy blows my mind because it was weird because like he had this guy in Mitch. Trub- he had like two polar opposite quarterbacks last year. He had Mitch Trubisky, who I think you know could actually be utilized as like this mobile quarterback who can throw on the run and do different things with that. And when he was with the bears, he never moved. They had them in this stationary pocket position. And then they had Nick Foles, who was this pocket guy with a quick release and you know, love short passing schemes, and then they're trying to throw all these deep balls with him. Like, I don't know what, what quarterback actually works in a McNagy system who's supposed to be this quarterback guy, or maybe no quarterback can work in this McNagy system, and that's gonna be the problem in, in the end, and he'll get fired. I'm not a fan of I'm not a Dalton guy, and I think you know, while I don't think Trubisky's good, I think he wasn't utilized properly at all based on his skill set, and I think that hurts so. I I just think the bears are going to stink and I don't want to watch this team.
0: The other thing is, I think you mentioned this with the dolphins. I think it's very true of the bears too, in that they were a team that really did well in one score games last year. And again, that's a recipe for regression. So I think, especially with some other teams, I think going to be a lot better next year, possibly Dallas, uh, probably uh, San Francisco, Minnesota, Washington will be even better next year. Chicago seems like the prime candidate to regress.
1: Yeah, I mean, I could see this team winning like four games next year.
0: I'm not going to go that low. (laughs) Uh, That's a little extreme. I
1: don't know. I I mean, I'm just not excited to watch this team. Um, And I think, you know, basically what's going to happen is this. I think this team stumbles out of the gate. Matt Nagy tries to save his his job by putting Justin Fields in. I think Fields, who is more of a project than people are giving him credit for, You know, I think people are ready to enlighten him as superstar, but even in the games that he's looked good in the preseason, the issues he has with downfield accuracy and the issues he has with reading blitz coverages, I think are still there. So I think he's a bit of a project and I think he's going to look like a project when he's thrown into this offense with a bad offensive line in front of him. I wouldn't be surprised if this very much
0: mirrors like what happened in 2016 with the Rams, where again, like, uh, Field struggles, and as a result, Nagy loses his job, similar to how Goff struggled, and thus Fisher lost his job. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, NFC South, um, which honestly is probably a very low division this year just because they have one really good team and three teams kind of in limbo.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think that the biggest surprise could be, I'll say New Orleans, because, you know, while – The thing is, is at the end of the day, like, I think they'll miss Breeze, certainly, and that's obviously going to be a big thing. But when he was hurt the last two years, they were still kind of (laughs) fine, you know? They still, I think they won 6-2, I think, in the games he missed during the regular season the last two years. Uh, Yes, but they also
0: lost a lot of those pieces, though. They just lost a lot of people. It wasn't just Breeze.
1: I mean, they've lost a few. But, yeah, I mean, even then, it's like, they still have the core of this team, I think, that can be pretty good. I still like a lot of the pieces. Um, I don't know who's gonna be the quarterback, but you know, Jameis threw some really good balls in that Jacksonville game. I still think Taysom Hill can be utilized in different scenarios. So I mean, I don't think they'll be as bad as people think. There will be a regression. This team's not gonna be a Super Bowl contender anymore, but I don't think they're gonna be as bad as people think they're gonna be. So I think the Saints will surprise some people by making the playoffs. I think
0: Carolina and specifically Sam Darnold will surprise people. I don't think they'll be a great team, but I think in that Joe Brady system with some really good weapons, I think especially with Robbie Anderson, who we know he was really good with, I think uh, Sam Darnold will prove why he is a good quarterback again, I don't think the team will be great. I think the team will still be clearly out of playoff contention, but I would not be surprised if Sam Darnold has a really good year. Uh, A bounce back year, I should say.
1: I mean, if, if Darnold becomes good, I'll be the first to say I was wrong. But I mean, just from as a Patriots fan having to watch him twice a year, I didn't see an NFL quarterback out of him during that time. I know he was with maybe the worst case scenario in football with given his circumstances, but this was a guy who also had the worst completion percentage in the NFL with a clean pocket last season. So it wasn't like he was just running for his life. I think there's highlights and moments where you look at him. Like I know there was that highlight going around where he's basically running left and then threw a dart across his body. That was like a perfect throw. I think he's has the arm talent that he had in college. That was so tantalizing, but I just, I, I don't know if there's like certain things about him that just, maybe isn't going to translate into a quarterback in the league. We'll see. Like I said, there's still talent there. So like I said, if it, if he's turns into a good quarterback, I'll admit I'm wrong. I just don't see it yet. And I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, I guess biggest disappointment will just transition to that for me is going to be (sighs) Atlanta has like the biggest variance for me, honestly. Like I can see this team winning like eight, nine games. And I could see this team winning like three or four games. This defense is still kind of a train wreck bad. Plus they lost Keanu Neal. Obviously Deion Jones. Deion Jones might be the only redeemable product. And AJ Terrell, I think, who got a lot better as the season went on. Um, You know, those might be the only two people that you keep on this defense over the next five years. And then on offense, I mean, I'm not a big Mike Davis guy. Maybe he'll be serviceable, but they have a bad offensive line in front of them. Um, and they lose Julio Leo Jones. So, I mean, we'll see, but I could see this team being a really bad team next season too. So I think there's a lot of variance. I don't know what Atlanta is yet. I'll say New Orleans defensively. I think offensively
0: they'll be okay, but I think defensively they've lost too many assets to be as good as they've been the last couple of years. I think they'll struggle a lot.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's possible, you know. Marshawn Lattimore only plays well against Mike Evans. Maybe he regresses again. And, you know, that's an issue. So, I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of NSC South stuff that I really don't know what to expect. That's probably outside of Tampa. Yeah. That's which again, I think is maybe what
0: considers them maybe not the worst division of football, but definitely the most lopsided division of football in that there's one good team and then three teams with a lot of question marks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think we're just going to have to. And there's so much changeover with a lot of these teams. Atlanta, new coach, star receiver, a whole new scheme. Carolina's bringing in a new quarterback. Uh, New Orleans bringing in a new quarterback and a lot of changes, too. So I think that there's just so many like changes to these teams that I think it's it's difficult. I think it's going to, we're just going to have to see all these teams on the field. Uh, Finally, the NFC West.
0: I think the biggest surprise will be the Cardinals. I was going to, I was going to do one of my things again, right? Specifically, but I'm like, no, I think, I think a lot of people are considering this a three division, a three team race. And I think the Cardinals have just as much ammo
1: as everyone else. And I think they'll be really good. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I think they have the ammo. I just can't do it with Cliff Kingsbury, man. Like, this could be like a Freddie Kitchen situation for me where they win like six games and then he's gone and then they bring in a new coach and this becomes a 10-win That's
0: team. not fair, though. I feel like Freddie Kitchens did a lot less with a lot more uh, in terms of taking over that Browns team that did really well in that second half of that season and then completely made them dysfunctional.
1: Yeah, but I mean, this team, you know, Kyler's better than Bayer was at that point. You know, Hopkins is better than what OBJ was, you know. They had they made a lot of upgrades to that offensive line. I don't think it's a perfect team by any means, but I think there's players here. Um, no, there we'll is. I, I'm just saying I don't think
0: the, – the the Kitchens thing is really interesting just because it was a guy who was there but seemingly just kind of coasted from this great surge and then completely undid everything he credited for. Yeah, like Kingsbury has been whether you think he's a good coach or not with the Cardinals. He's definitely helped that team build itself back
1: up. Yeah, it should, he, he definitely is an interesting case study, though, too, because, you know, he was a guy. He, he's he been a guy with a massive reputation for what he can do. And we continue to forget what he can't do, which is win football games. So uh, he didn't win football games in college. He hasn't won them in the NFL, despite the reputation for what he can do in offense you know, when do the results come? I think is my question. Um, For biggest surprise, I'll say, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to play the whole year for good or bad. I mean, I I think they'll have sets for Trey Lance, but just what I've seen off of preseason stuff. And I know preseason is not the be all end all, but I, it's what I have to go off of. uh, Trey Lance is a year away. I mean, I, I think he's a year away. I think he has a fantastic deep ball. I think athletically he's impressive but I think that the speed of the game is a massive difference in what he faced at the FCS level. Uh, I think there are some accuracy concerns. Um, and I think it's going to take him a little bit to get to the point where he's, you know, helpful to this team. So that I think he's going to be used in, like, different kind of sets, like Wildcat-like sets or Taysom Hill-like sets. But I don't think he's going to be a starting quarterback this season unless things start to go off the rails or Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt again. I just don't see that scenario happening where he's going to help his team win now, but I think San Francisco is still going to be a good team in spite of Jimmy Garoppolo who, you know, I don't think he's a great quarterback, but you know, he's not going to make mistakes. And I think that's what they need.
0: I think my biggest disappointment will be, I think this is the year Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson misses a bunch of games. I think we've teetered on it a bunch of years where it's like, had some big hits and, you know, plays this reckless style of football. I just don't, I don't know. I get the sense that with his offensive line still not being great. I think this is the year that Russell Wilson misses a bunch of games. And then as a result, Seattle can't win a lot of games.
1: I could see it, you know, and the thing that's always been so surprising is for a small guy, you know, he's not afraid to take it. Although I do think maybe besides Lamar, I think he's the best in the league at avoiding big hits. Uh, he does get sacked a lot, but he doesn't take the massive blows, it seems like, sometimes. Um, I've already kind of did my Seattle point. I could see them regressing just because, uh, like I said, I do think that there's not a lot of franchises just across sports that can have this sort of continuity for 10 years or whatever and not kind of shake things up. Now, maybe you know, adding this new offensive coordinator is enough of a shake, up, or maybe this needs a full organizational rebuild um, of especially the defensive schemes and all.
0: Sorry, can you say that last point one more time?
1: Yeah, you're fine. So, yeah, I think Seattle, you know, there, there's very few franchises in the league that I think, you know, can go that long without some sort of shakeup. We just saw it with the Boston Celtics this past season of a team that was very good for a number of years, kind of just need to, you know, change up things. And maybe I think that we're hitting that point with Seattle too, that, you know, maybe the offensive coordinator is enough to shake things up. But I do think at the end of the day, this team's going to need to kind of restart this franchise or reboot it, whether Russell Wilson's there or not, because he has expressed interest in leaving. So we'll see what happens with that. But I could see them kind of, you know, being disappointing. True.
0: Anyway, guys, this has been our uh, long NFL episode of the sports break podcast. Uh, my name is Jackson King,
1: and I'm Kyle Brown,
0: and thank you all so much for listening. Thanks and g'gum. Peace.